Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 148. Well, we've looked at justification. We've looked at sanctification. That is our initial sanctification, our position before God. The moment that we are saved, we are set apart from the world, consecrated, dedicated unto God. We become saints. That's what Paul called the carnal Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But as you'll recall, when we talked about sanctification, we said there are different aspects of it. There is the positional sanctification, that is, when we are set apart initially by the grace of God, He makes us part of His own family, and He sets us apart, and we are in the Beloved, we are in Jesus, and we're part of the great church of God. But what about our daily walk with God? Is that it? I mean, do we just, are we set apart, and that's it and nothing ever goes from there. No, there is progressive sanctification where we grow into the likeness of Jesus. You see, the goal of the Christian life is not do this, do that, be this, be that. And sometimes we have all of these measurements that we, these metrics that we measure. Well, he's a mature Christian. She's a mature Christian because they've gone through these classes. They've been to seminary. They've done this. That's hogwash. That's untrue. That is a false metric. You can go to seminary and be lost. You can have more degrees than a thermometer and be as lost as a ball in high weeds. You can have all kinds of learning, and it'll just puff you up unless the Spirit of God has tenderized you and you are walking in an atmosphere of love. You can preach and teach the stars down, but unless you have the love of God in your heart that has been shed abroad by the Holy Spirit, you will be obnoxious, and the truth that you preach will kill and not bring life. You see, there is something that is beyond just knowledge. There is something beyond just speaking. There is something that's just beyond rhetoric. There's something that God does in our lives. And the moment that we are saved, God brings us to himself. But God commands us to grow in grace and knowledge. He commands us to walk in obedience. You see, God's done his part and will continue to work in us. What he has started in us, God will finish. And he's not going to lose any along the way. God is able to keep that which we commit unto him until the day that we stand before him. And he's going to present us faultless one day, not because of our righteousness, but because of his. But the Bible says that you and I are to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Now, that's the same as growing in sanctification because there is the growth process, and God uses the physical life to teach us spiritual truths. That's why he talks about being born again. We can understand the physical birth where there has to be a spiritual birth. That's what he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3. When Nicodemus was confused, he was just completely mistaken about what Jesus was asking 
asking him to do. He said, Nicodemus, you have to be born again. He said, well, can I climb back up into my mother's womb, be born a second time? And Jesus said, no, you don't have to be born a second time. There has to be a spiritual birth, not a second physical birth. Just like a person is born of water, that is, with a physical birth, he has to be born of the spirit. And so he said, that which is flesh, that's flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And so we grow. And so he uses these physical terms. That's why he uses the father-son relationship. That's why he uses eating and drinking and then exercise and obedience as terms that will help us to understand how to grow. And so when we want to grow, we have to go to the Word of God and we have to desire the sincere milk of the Word and then the meat of the Word. And that's why the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1, he talks about all that God has done for us in Christ. As a matter of fact, just past his opening in verses 1 and 2, when he talks about the pilgrims of the diaspora that were scattered all over the known world at that time, those who had been elected, chosen by God, they were selected. Now, whether you like that or not, it doesn't matter. God elected us. God chose us. Now, you can argue about that till Jesus comes, and your little peanut brain and mine will never figure it out. That is the election of God and the responsibility of man. And if you'll look at it that way, then you'll be helped. We're talking about the free will. Our will is in bondage from the very beginning. Can we make choices? Yes. And I know what you're saying. Oh, he must be a Calvinist. No, as a matter of fact, those who are Calvinists, they would not say I'm a Calvinist at all. And those who are Arminian, they don't believe that I'm Arminian and I'm not. You see, there is a biblical balance there. And John Calvin is not the template. None of the reformers are. Jesus is. God's word is. The Bible is the final authority to which I appeal. And there's some things that you and I are not going to understand till we get to heaven. I don't understand how the Bible says, for whosoever will may come. And then on the other side of that door, when we walk in and we look back, as Spurgeon would say, it says, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. Well, how does that reconcile? Well, it will not be in this life and quit trying to reconcile it. Just accept it as the grace of God and enjoy it and walk in the light that you have. God will tell us all about it one day, farther along, by and by. But the Bible says that he has chosen us. And starting at verse 3 of 1 Peter chapter chapter 1, all the way down through verse 12, he tells us of some of the great riches that God has given us and what he has done for us. Then he talks about what our responsibility is, and he talks about walking in obedience, being holy. All of those things are part of the Christian life. And he says in verse 22 of chapter 1, since you've purified your souls in obeying the truth, that's how man gets clean before God, through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. God knows we need to memorize that verse and tattoo it. If you're going to get a tattoo, put that right on your forehead and on the back of your hand because we're not seeing a lot of it. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, that is through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is a flower of grass. The grass withers, and its flower fades away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Those are the words of the prophet Isaiah. 
Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you, the good news, the euangelion. And so he says, therefore, here we go. Anytime you see a wherefore, therefore in the scripture, stop and ask yourself the question, what is that wherefore, therefore, therefore? He said, therefore, laying aside all malice, yikes, that's the absence of good. All guile, that is deceit, hypocrisy, that's two-facedness, saying one thing, being one thing to somebody, turn around and saying just the opposite to somebody else, envy, and all evil speaking, and look at this, as newborn babes to desire the sincere milk of the word, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, isn't this amazing? God says, I've done all of this for you. This is my part. I have given you all of the richness of who I am. You have access to me. You have fellowship with me. You walk with me, but you have to make the choices. Now, I'll give you the grace to do it. God says, I'll give you the grace to do it. I will enable you. I'll empower you. You're so weak. I know you can't do it, but I will help you. But you have to do it. You have to walk it out. You have to ask. You see, when God ordains anything, now hear me with this. This is confluent, consistent throughout the word of God. When God ordains to do something, listen, he always ordains the means whereby that event is going to be, or that act is going to be accomplished. God says, I will do this, but you've got to pray. You say, well, what if you don't pray? Well, it's not going to happen. Either you or someone else has to pray. God has made that part of his immutable law. And so God ordains that a man cannot be saved just because he is elected. He has to receive that. He has to repent. He has to believe. That's what Paul told the Thessalonians in the book of Second Thessalonians. Read over it. No one is saved apart from obedience. No one is saved apart from obedience to the truth of God's word and repenting and obeying. That's just what it says. You have to repent and believe. That's obeying. And so it is an amazing thing how we just pass right over these things and we get caught up in election and choosing and selecting. Then we think we do everything by choosing and making decisions. No, God says, I empower you. I give you grace to do this, but you have to do it. It's your responsibility. And so we are commanded to grow. We are commanded to seek the Lord. We're commanded to follow him and obey him. This is how we are more and more day by day set apart. And by that, we are made into the likeness of Jesus. The goal of the Christian life is to be like Jesus. You say, well, I'll never be. Yeah, one day you will. Beloved, right now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Oh, yes, one day we'll be totally conformed to the image of Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his one-of-a-kind son, that whoever trusts in him would never perish, their life would never be ruined or wasted, but they'd have eternal life. You see, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus for us. God so loves Jesus, his son, that he's going to populate heaven with people just like him. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. 
Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.